0: Welcome to the best podcast covering the world of impact wrestling. It is
1: the impactful podcast. Here are your hosts, EJ.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the impactful podcast. My name is EJ and alongside with me is the man and truly the great one Eric. Hello, buddy. And how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Hey, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well.
0: I hope so as well. And uh, thank you for everyone that's tuning in on Mixer, YouTube, Periscope and Twitch. Um, and I do want to start off the show real quick before we get into the review for for uh, Impact Wrestling. Uh, I do want to thank everyone that has tuned in. If they can't catch us live, you can, of course, listen to us on Google Podcast, um, Google Podcast, iTunes. I have them all down. SoundCloud, <laughs> Anchor FM, which is going to be a sponsor. This will be our first official sponsor of the uh, show. So we we'll, uh, we'll, we're going to be doing a read uh, for the next show. Uh, we'll be getting a script for that. Uh, But I do want to thank you all for uh, listening because the numbers are really good. I was shocked that two weeks in a row, we didn't lose any. I mean, it's been at a consistent level and uh, hopefully we can continue to grow because this is a growing promotion. It's under good hands and we're amongst, we're on the forefront talking about Impact Wrestling and people should be talking about Impact Wrestling. I know you got AEW. I know you got WWE, but you should not forget about Impact Wrestling. All right. all right so now that we got that out of the way we thank you all for tuning in we thank you all for listening now let's get right into it it's the impactful review and i'll tell you now it last week was the first show on twitch and pursuit so there was a lot of expectations as you know as far as what they were going to do the content how they're going to handle things commercial breaks all that mm-hmm. and and we could agree that it didn't disappoint i think they did a great job uh handling that um now uh, since the first show i noticed that the twitch channel's been busy i've been in there watching listening talking with the viewers and ta- basically just talking impact wrestling and a little bit of AD- aw but mostly impact uh, i don't know if you've been in there um have you been in there and noticed anything different with the channel since
1: the first episode Well, I did notice a lot more traffic on the the channel um, Mm -hmm. since that first episode, partially because of um, that. And I think because of them playing, uh, doing the replays um, where you're able to actually catch it, you know, during the week as well. So I think they're doing good with the Twitch channel, especially with um, how the traffic is going at, at this point.
0: Yeah, and it definitely is a good traffic because they, I mean, they were having numbers like close to 100. And since then, it's been doubled. Uh, I think the most at mm-hmm. one time for watching uh, a pay-per-view from 2010, it was at oh, well over 300. So that a big jump for that channel. And um, yeah, it, it's been awesome talking Impact Wrestling with the viewers when we're, when I'm in there. So you had that first episode. Um, you had a lot of things happen and we're going to see if they're going to continue on. Cause this is like the second episode coming out of homecoming. Um, and we're going to talk about later on, uh, the next pay-per-view that they have announced. They haven't announced the date yet, but we do have some of the details and we'll get into that at the end of the show. Um, the few things that happened in the last episode, a brief summary, and then we'll go into the next show. Uh, the first thing was Tessa Blanchard. I mean, of course she wants a revenge on Kyle Kim for cost on her, the impact knockouts championship. So, um, She had a match with uh, Callie Collins. It was a squash match. And then using Gal Kim's finisher to get the victory, sending a message to her. Um, So we'll see if they followed up on that. Um, Eddie Edwards uh, had an exchange with Eli Drake uh, about hardcore wrestling. When Eddie Edwards said he was finally, you know, done, he he got his revenge on Moose for what Moose has done to him. And, of course, Eli Eli Drake uh, had to chime in about hardcore wrestling, and we'll see how they follow up with that. Of course, Sam McCallahan and the new, try to get the new X-Division champion, Rich Swan to come home. And we, I guess we still don't know what that means, but we'll get into that. Uh, Also, Impact promised uh, Cage, um, Brian Cage, his rematch, once he was done with Killer Cross, uh, Cage thought he was screwed. Uh, Of course, he he went on a rampage, but Impact promised him a shot. But later on that night, Killer Cross and Impact went on one-on-one and uh, no DQ match. And Killer Cross gets a huge win over Impact. Of course, with the existence from Moose. But nonetheless, that was last week's. All right. And I mean, we both had really good reviews on that. Let's see if they keep up that momentum. Let's go right into it. Um, to start off the show, it was KM and Caleb Conley uh, as a singles match. It only went a few minutes because immediately Josh Matthews says, oh, let's go to the backstage where Brian Cage was going on a rampage looking for Johnny Impact. Um, and, he, of course, eventually one of the guys said that he uh, Impact was out in the ring. Brian Cage made his way to the ring, and he goes berserk, attacking everyone from KM, Caleb, and Falabah. After the insult on them, um, them three, he demanded for Impact Impact to come out to the ring and explain why Killer Cross gets his shot before him. Because, of course, we were wondering why he went off, but that was the reason. Johnny Impact responded, and while on the ramp, he was then attacked by Killer Cross and Moose. Then right after that, Impact is sitting there lying on the ramp. And what does Brian Cage do? Goes out in the ring, drags him into the ring. But then that prompted Killer Cross and Moose to come back out and attack them all at the end of this segment. They're laying on top of the champion the page. I mean, what an interesting way to start off the uh, show. Uh, my question to you is, you know, how, how did you feel about the way they started this off?
1: I think it was actually a great way to do it because not only did they start it with a match, but it was a great way to start it with in-ring action, but then still involve um, the biggest storyline on the show. Um you Know so it was, I think it was a great way to start the show. Um, it showed continued to show the the rage of Brian Cage, uh, being upset about not being the world champion, and, and then it also continued the whole drama with uh, Johnny Impact and Killer Cross as well, and the whole way that that's that whole three way thing is going right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it seems like, like you say, we you made this point too last week that it seems like they're trying to like they're going to end one and start another so it, the possibility of Cage winning uh, winning the title they already set that up um, I thought it was a unique way and you know what it kind of reminded me of was the old days of WCW because you would see things like that where they would have a match and I know WWE occasionally does it but it, it seemed more like a, the old school w, uh Nitro days where you had the match, and it would be two good workers. They're just you know performing a match, and I don't know where they throw something in the middle of it to build on the storyline. It was like watching. It reminded me of the days of that. I, I don't know if you got that same feeling when you saw that yeah. segment. Um, it, it did. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: No, I was just saying it did. It it reminded you of the days where. Um, in W, it's like you say in WCW, where they would start off with something, and then they'd be like, "Oh, there's something happening in the back. Let's cut to the." Yeah, it reminded you of that whole time frame in WCW, and I like especially things like when, that. Yeah, especially it reminded you of when they first brought in the uh, when the NWO first came in. Oh, the outsiders and how here. that stuff happened.
0: Yeah, it definitely uh, I. I remember the days where they cut to the back. I remember the one time where they threw, um, and this is going off subject, but Ray Mysterio, like wand darted him into the trailer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like stuff like that, like attacking people in the back. It's good. I love things like that. Um, Get them joined to chat, of course, uh, for people that are listening to this later. We are live on Mixer, YouTube, Twitch, and Periscope. So if you want to be able to chat with us live, you can uh get them jones and chat says i'm just glad they didn't go the obvious wwe route and make a tag match with impact and cage versus moose and cross no um that's the brilliant part of impact wrestling they, they have a very unique way of telling the story a lot of it's old school a lot of it's a little uh i mean innovative because i like their cinematic uh vignettes they do like what they did with eddie Edwards and Nuthouse, I or an insane asylum, but whatever is the correct way of saying it. I mean, they have a very unique way of telling the story, and that's what I love about Impact Wrestling. You have anything to add to that?
1: No, I, I feel the exact same way. I do like the fact because it's kind of hard to, in my opinion, book two rivals in a tag match against other rivals unless somebody's getting the, the old screw job. Mm-hmm. So um, I think unless they were going to do something like that, I think Gidham Jones is exactly right. I think it was better for them to do to book it exactly the way they did, because it also gave and um, un- gave Brian Cage something to do, basically, until after the whole uh, match next week with Killer Cross and Impact. Mm hmm.
0: Um, well, going on with that, Cross and Moose, you know, speaking of them, how do you feel about them pairing up uh, Cross and Moose again? Because you know the history they had. They were kind of like, I guess the better for a better term, uh, lackeys, for when Austin Aries was still in the company. Now he's gone. They kind of broke him up. But now you see him paired up again. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, the, um, I think it's a good pairing. I think that it was never really that they were broke up they just both had their own issues going on at the time um and so i think that it was always in the back of my mind that uh one that they one day they were going to be back together they were just you know each was trying to take care of their own or trying to do their own thing so um but i i kind of saw it coming that they were eventually going to be teamed up again yeah
0: in, I it could go because it, it's an unusual pairing, but opposites attract. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. but the common goal is at the both heels. Then you, I mean, I guess they, they could team up. They, you know, to pretty much take over the company. Uh, but overall, I like I said, I I like the pairing. Um, I like Moose all together. Moose just, I think you could pair him up with any anyone. Actually, he just has that way to be able to. Uh, like no matter what you throw at him, he's able to adapt. I see that in a lot of moves, and coming from a guy that's a, was a football player, and then coming into the world of professional wrestling, some people get hit, some people can't. Like Monty Brown in the early days of TNA, early days of TNA, he, uh, I mean, he was a really good wrestler. Um, a lot of people underestimated him as far as his mic skills. I thought he was good. Um, and Then you have Mongo McMichael back in WCW. He was just awful in every way possible. But Moose seems to get it. He can adapt in any role that you put him in. Um, obviously, there, there's something there. Um, could it be he that could get the title, or is it Cage that get the title? We, it would be remain to be seen. But I do, I do enjoy the pairing, and I can't wait to see what they're gonna do in the future with them too.
1: Yeah, um, and see, I watched Moose back when he was in Ring of Honor, and to see his growth from when he first debuted to where he is now, especially um, his growth in ring and on the mic. Because when Moose first started in Ring of Honor, his mic skills were atrocious at best. But um, you can see how much he has grown and how much he wants to improve.
0: Yeah, I've seen his uh, work in um, Ring of Honor, not as much as you did. Um, I saw a good bit of it. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you now, like his time in TNA, TNA, I got to start saying impact. Everyone slips saying Even a wrestler in the middle, middle of a promo said TNA and corrected mm-hmm. himself immediately. I guess people still just got to get used to that. Um, yeah, it just, he, he's doing a great job. Um, I, I like him more of as, as a heel. It just comes off natural for him. There's some people Mm -hmm. like like Flair came off natural as a heel, didn't work well when he was a face. It just didn't seem right. He seemed uncomfortable. Moose seems like a guy that is comfortable being a heel, and I I think he could do great work as a heel. And pairing up with uh, Killer Cross, which is a guy that is incredible as a heel himself, I mean, would probably only bring out the best in him even more. Exactly. All right. Well, now that we're done with that, we're done with that opening segment. It was a great segment to start off the show. Let's go right into the first official match of the show. And that was, of course, Eddie Edwards versus Ethan Page. Um, of course, this is the first ma- match Ethan Page has really had without his uh, well mentor. And we'll get into that later on in the show. Going up against Eddie Edwards, uh, fresh off his uh, first match since the uh, victory at homecoming um, against Moose. Um uh, before the entrances, of course, uh, Eli Drake came out and sat beside uh, Callis and Matthews to do commentary for this match. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, pretty good wrestling match. I mean, it, it started off that way, but the good wrestling match didn't matter because Eddie Edwards, towards the end was tempted and did hit Ethan Page for Kenny the Kendo. That's, I, I can't believe that's a real name. And for the DQ loss. Um... Despite the DQ ending, what did you think of the match? Real quick, we'll get into that real quick. What did you think of the match?
1: I think it was a good overall match. It wasn't like match of the night by any means, but it was a it was a good overall match. It um, it helped continue the story between Eddie and uh, um, Eli Drake because mm-hmm. of the disqualification. So I don't hate the disqualification, um, just because. I mean, as, and especially with the aftermatch promo that Eli did, um, the whole match kind of made sense, um, especially playing into that promo. So uh, it was a good match, a solid match, just not a great one, not a steal-the-night kind of match.
0: Well, yeah, it, it was obviously the main point of that match was Eli Drake, Eddie Edwards.
1: Mm-hmm. Eli
0: Drake, you know, doing a great job throughout the match, uh, with his commentary, he is such a great speaker. Good guy on the mic. Um, of course, during the match, he was like trashing hardcore wrestling. Um, he mm-hmm. called Edward... <laughs> I love this. He called Edwards a second-rate Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> that poor guy gets crap... Because if you're a fan of Busted Open on uh, XM, Tommy Dreamer get, catches a lot of shit from uh, Bully Ray or Bubba Ray Dudley. Um, it always rips on him about being fat. And then here you are... <laughs> These guys are doing the same thing. I know it's all a rib, but mm-hmm. I think it's funny that Tommy Dreamer just can't catch a break. He always <laughs> gets his balls busted. But um, yeah, so um, he also went on that. Edwards is crazy for talking to a kendo stick. This is some of the things he was saying. But he did give Eddie Edwards accolades for his accomplishments in Impact Wrestling. And now he, he says that he, is a fall, he has fallen since going down the hardcore wrestling road. Um, I mean, I think it was good because again, it, it was a decent match. But the whole idea was the it was the next chapter of the Eddie Edwards Eli Drake storyline, and obviously Eli Drake wants to end hardcore wrestling. You got mm-hmm. a guy Eddie Edwards, accomplished wrestler. He was a world champion, won many titles, tag titles in Impact wrestling, and now he's going down the hardcore route, and Eli doesn't like that obviously that's how they're going to pair them uh, pair them off into a program is that Eli Drake is in order to get rid of hardcore wrestling you got to take out the people that are technically the hardcore wrestlers. Um, how did you feel about that? Um, like the whole commentary with Eli Drake throughout the uh, course of the match?
1: Well, um, I actually uh, Gudem Jones said it perfectly in, in the chat. He said that you know that the the match was slightly overshadowed by Eli Drake on commentary, but because of it being storyline driven it worked mm-hmm. um so yeah i I completely think that it could have been better um the match could have been better, but um it was slightly overshadowed by the the as good as Eli Drake is on the mic but Again, it worked because it continued the storyline. Mm-hmm. And
0: that's the thing, like it, it, yeah. It was it was completely built on that. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And the match was again; it, it showed in the beginning of the match he was he was doing a, a good wrestling match. And even there were parts where Eli Drake said, "Oh, that's a good move. Why can't he do that more often?" This is the this is the side that was good about him. And then he would go off at the end of the match and hit. Uh, uh, Ethan Page with Kenny the Kendo, so it it, it did its job to tell the story that he went down the hardcore route. Eli doesn't like it. He criticized mm-hmm. him, but of course he gave him his accolades and then even paid him a couple of compliments of the actual wrestling moves that he performed in the match. Um, so overall, I know it was overshadowed, but it it, it told his story regardless. of You know, if it was a few right. minutes, it it did its job. That's what it did. Exactly.
1: It. Exactly.
0: Um, Of course, after the DQ, Drake grabs the mic, and he had more to say, this time directly to Eddie Edwards. After the match, he approached the ring and asked Eddie whatever happened to him. Why did he have to go the hardcore route? He went on to say he went down that road. Ever since he went down that road, he has not been near a championship. And then he finally challenged him to drop the kendo stick and find that fire he once had that made him great. I liked that part. That was probably the best part of it. What did you think, the overall role of Eli from the beginning to the end of that? Because obviously, Eddie did his part. He he showed why Eli had, is despising the road he went. But obviously, this it, it was more on Eli than Eddie. How did you feel about it?
1: I think it was actually a great, uh, he actually did a great job because he if you could tell, if, you know, when they would flash back to um, Eddie looking at Eli Drake during that whole promo, it was kind of like he was planting seeds in the back of Eddie's mind. So Eddie was continued Eddie, like you could see Eddie thinking about what he was saying. So I think it, I, I mean, overall, it was excellent because it, it continued the storyline and it it made Eddie look like, okay, well, what if I what if he's right
0: yeah no i oh, oh, oh i mean it, yeah it, i think there's gonna get a point where it's gonna be self-doubt in that inwards. Mm-hmm. you're gonna see that yeah uh and that's hope you know that's us speculating but it would be awesome if it goes into that little deeper role you know what yeah you know what i haven't won a championship since i went down this you know it, it was that obsession to beat people like Moose, you know, it's that constant obsession that took him down that hardcore road, and here he is, he hasn't accomplished anything. So, yeah, I do like that. That's a good observation. Um, again, we'll, we'll see where they go from it, but overall, I think they did a great job continuing this storyline. Um, and obviously, given to what we saw that we will be coming at later on in the show, I think it'd be an incredible payoff to this one. Um, uh, get him joined the chat says that promo rivaled a a, a miss promo. It definitely, definitely does. Yeah, he's so good on the mic. It very, um, well, I don't think he's underestim- uh, underrated. Um, I don't think he's considered that. Um, I just can imagine if he would have made it, or if he would go to WWE, I think he would fade away. They would kill him. He, he's better off where he's at especially where the way management is right now with impact wrestling, I can see him. you know, they're going down the right path and he'll be there for the rise. And that'd be his way, you know, on his way out to help this company build to where it should be, where it should have been all along. All right. Do you have anything else to add to that? Uh, Nope. All right. Let's go right into the next scene And that's of course the woman, the thick mama pump where the woman I, uh, On Twitter to another promotion recommended, you know, Jordan Grace going up against Dark Alley in a one-on-one competition. Of course, Alley was able to gain a little bit of offense in the beginning of the match, but that didn't last too long because once Grace caught her with a series of suplexes, it was all over from there. It was pretty much a squash. It was a great display of power shown by Grace during the match. After a few minutes of offense on Alley, Grace gets the victory with the pump handle driver. And this is just a very brief thing we should discuss, but I want your opinion on it. Um, First of all, what did you think of the match? And to, well, you know what? Just answer, I got a question after that. I'm sorry. That was my
1: fault. (laughs) Okay, no problem. Um, I thought that it was actually a great showcase of Jordan Grace. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that it's leading to something else. The, The whole... Um, Allie losing and being dominated is leading to something else um, with that, the whole Rosemary, Allie, and Sue Young storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where that's going. So I, it was perfect for what I think it, it's leading to.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I agree with you on that. The one thing I do like is because for people that don't know Jordan Grace, she, was, she really shined back at all in last September. In that battle royale with the men, and of course Brian Cage was the one that p- buckle bomb, uh, power bombed her, mm-hmm. and and the way she was able to bounce back from a move from Brian Cage like that, that's like wow. I mean, she is the real deal. I've followed her since I've been back into wrestling. She actually follows us on Twitter. Um, I would love to get her on the show just to you know talk about because I guess like her rise. Cause it's a different approach from every other woman I mean she yeah she she's a thicker woman she owns it but man does she have power I wouldn't fuck with her that's that's what <laughs> damn I'm sure her um, but now very talented uh, wrestler very talented wrestler yeah. and, I like to, and I like this and I like the pairing with uh, Kira Hogan um, it's a good introduction for her in the company because she's still fairly new she's only been in my well, at least uh, going on a, a couple months um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would like to see where they go with Allie on this. Um, I mean, obviously the thing is right now her and Rosemary. Rosemary's back, but I know Jordan Grace would be in that mix, and her and Allie would be in uh, program. Um, this was like that building block to that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh but one question though, because I mean we both enjoy her. What do you see from her about a year from now, uh, as far as Jordan Grace in
1: Impact Wrestling? Um, over the next year, I definitely see. I see, honestly, a rivalry with either Tessa or Taya over the Impact World uh, Women's Championship, and I do see the possibility of her actually winning it.
0: I I could see that too, but one thing I'm wondering is she going to go the round of the intergender. What she has done in all around the indie promotion, she kind of did that. I'm wondering if they're going to, in a way, because she is much stronger than the women on that roster. I'm not saying in in a disparaging way, just she's a very powerful woman. And I could see, in a way, being like China. Like, we're going to go back at least 20 years and she could start competing in the men's division. I don't know. That's why I've seen more than her. I, I She might have a knockout title before then, but I see her about a year from now, or at least by the end of this year, that she could possibly compete with the men. I
1: don't know if they'll um, go down that route. Uh, that's- I see a possibility, but I don't know. Like you say, I don't know if they would go that route just for the simple reason that a lot of people are uh, shying away from the whole... Women versus men thing because of uh, like everything of, that's going on, yeah, yeah f- with domestic violence and all that stuff lately,
0: and yeah, I could say it, but you know what? The fact that there were so many promotions that handled it perfectly, and all in they handled it pretty good. Um, Ian, uh, I can never say Rickaboni, whatever, from he was mm-hmm. the commentator for Ring of Honor. I mm-hmm. mean, he he, he said it perfectly, like, he, he was like saying this is... They say that there's some women that could do things better than men. This is one of the women that can pretty much do a lot more things better than men. Um, If they do it the right way, it could possibly happen. But again, yeah, you might be right. The way the world is, it may not happen. But if she gets that knockouts title, who the hell is beating her? It's like equivalent to the Raw roster with Ronda Rousey. I I don't know if people agree with that one. Um...
1: Because no, so um, I do think that Rhonda will lose that title eventually. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't. I, I, I think that there would be a way, and they would find a way for her to lose the match. Um. So I don't see that there's just nobody that's going to beat her, because there there's always going to be a possibility of them finding a way for her to lose the match. Got triple threat. Think, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I just think that, um, I, like I say, I think that even if she does move over to doing the intergender matches and competing mm-hmm. in the men's division, I think that she would end up being, it would be better overall for her to end up to, to be the women's champion before doing that.
0: Yeah, I can see her. Uh, either way, I can see her being a knockout champion. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just throwing that possibility because, it, you know, they kind of did it with All In. They did it in all the indie promotions. I'm just wondering, are they going to take that, go down that path? And right. there's a way you can do it without making women look bad. She's not the average woman. She's a lot stronger than most of the women in professional wrestling today. I, I'm, that was my thing. I, something I would like to see in the next year and it could possibly happen you you think it might not because of the environment, which I mean you you probably are right um I'm just hoping they would there is a way you can do it without making them look bad
1: right it's uh, still a possibility I just I'm just reluctant to say that it's a definite that it's going to happen
0: I'm sorry some reason oh okay, we're good what's the lie? I'm sorry <laughs> something popped up. Um, I'm not like most girls. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how she does say that.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything to add to that? Uh, or
0: else well, uh, we'll move along here.
1: No, I think that we basically covered everything about that
0: part. All right. And let's go right into it. Now, right after that match with Jordan Grace in Dark Alley, um, of course, uh, Scarlet Bordeaux, she promised uh, last week that she would pick the winner for her talent search. And now, they go into the segment, and she it's about time. She's going to reveal who's going to be the winner of her talent search. Of course, she chooses herself. Shocker there. But the one thing that came out of that segment is the fact that she said she's going to make her in-ring debut finally next week on Impact on on Pursuit and Twitch. Um, they, this was just a quick segment, but overall, you got two good things out of it. It, you, it should Like this... The one thing I'm going to ask you as far as Scarlett Bordeaux, what are your thoughts about how they brought her in? Because it, it wasn't like she came in wrestling right away. She said the, ba- the basis of this whole thing was that him, making wrestling sexy again. Obviously, they're trying to play off to a little bit of the attitude Era because it's been long forgotten. But in the process, you could still take her seriously as a professional wrestler because if you've seen her back in her days in the indie, Emotions. She is a great worker for uh, a woman wrestler. Well, I shouldn't even say it like that. That's as a wrestler. She's a good worker. What is it? How do you feel about how they brought her in? And what's up, well, Fitz? I,
1: I think that they did it correctly because of the fact that they um, they didn't rush in in the way that they used her. So I think that was actually a great a great thing because, and especially with. The the bringing in Jordan Grace and the return, eventually, of Rosemary, um, I think that it it allowed her time to do what they've been doing, which is actually building her character before she ever actually stepped into the ring. And that is um,
0: an excellent way to bring someone in. I, I think that is the perfect way to bring someone in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of saw it back in the day with WWE, like Razor Ramon. You remember those vignettes they would do? Like, right. and for some reason, they just kind of stepped away from that. But this was a unique take, especially on a women's angle. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sorry you you were going along, and I actually cut you off. I apologize.
1: No, no, no. That's it's, that's actually completely what I was thinking too. It it was just the fact that it allowed them to um, to do that to. To build that character, like you mm-hmm. say, I, uh, for example, those old school ways of build doing the vignettes before uh, a wrestler actually debuted. Um, even to the point of what the WWE has been doing with the, the NXT call-ups where they had these uh, vignettes before they ever actually even appeared on the main roster. And yeah. then with some of them, they would appear backstage or in other segments um, before they ever even made their in-ring. Debut. Um, You know, for instance, Lacey uh, Lacey Evans and EC3 haven't actually wrestled yet, but they've made appearances um, and building, you know, doing that whole thing of building their character before they ever even stepped foot in the ring. So I think that actually was a good way to bring her in because it allowed her to build that character before she ever even made her in ring debut. And then it would allow her wrestling to speak for itself. Uh,
0: now I agree with
1: you as far as that,
0: but uh, and it goes on with what you said though. It's funny because it, even though NXT went down that route, but it's he <laughs> said like, how WWE is kind of doing the stuff Impact's been doing lately." And you've seen with the new call-ups. Yeah, they're kind of doing that. But you know, what? this is a, like a whole different thing because. Yeah, the so-called interacting, I guess, with the roster, but it, it was just like a passerby. This one was literally getting people involved. It, it was a unique way because people were sending in videos. There was a, they felt it was a legitimate contest, and it it, it got people to gravitate to her. Like they, it was a very awesome way to get people engaged. They engaged with their audience, and in the mm-hmm. process, you got to see the character development. And you saw that for what she is, she's just an arrogant person. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I, I'm going to choose the person with the most talent, me. Yeah, How I, I kind of saw that coming. Um, but, dude, it was a perfect way to bring her in. I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm excited for her in-ring debut. And I wonder how they go on about that. I think they might They might go with a unique uh, way of doing that as well. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way about that, but, um, I mean i wonder wondering, who, well, who they would pair up with. Um, it, who do you think would be the, if there would be anyone that you would want to see, or well, who do you think they will pair up with? Who do you think would be the first person she would get into a program with?
1: Um, I don't really know. Um, it would be hard to say. I think that potentially it could be someone like a, um, to be in a full fledged program, it could be somebody like uh, Jordan Grace or um, Rosemary, somebody that's not—not not to say that they're not good looking, but to say that they're not the prototypical uh, knockout or diva uh, kind of female, oh, so okay. that it would build off of her, you know, trying to be the sexiest woman in Impact, that kind of thing.
0: Okay, kind of like it right now, like you have, like, if you want to equate it to something, it's like that Randy Orton, like, the fan favorite,
1: mm-hmm. I'm going to take
0: out your fan favorites. I will take out the ones that are quote-unquote ugly, I guess. That is yeah. Actually, yeah, that's pretty good take right there. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. I, I, knowing the way they are going with this, that's a good possibility, and I would enjoy that. Um, let's see if they go with that, but... uh yeah, I mean it was a good segment overall. It, it it was great development this whole time, and finally got the payoff. And now you get the big news that she's going to be in the ring, debut match next week in Mexico City, and dude, uh, I can't wait. Uh, do you have anything else to add, and whilst we'll we move along to the next uh, match on the show? No, nope, that's it. All right, now we go from Scarlet Bordeaux announcing herself as the winner of her own very own contest into a match with uh, well. Intertwined with the world title picture, of course, that is Brian Cage versus Moose. Um, this was the longest match of the night as it went over 20 minutes, to be precise, 22 minutes with a couple commercial interruptions. Never a big fan of that, but nah, it is what it is. Got to pay the bills, obviously. Um, of course, the match started off, uh, Cage started off strong with sho- shoulder strikes to, to the abdomen of Moose. Uh, The match uh, they matched blows until they made it to the outside of the ring. One good spot was the uh, cage powerbomb with cage powerbomb moose onto the apron and post because he kind of connected to the apron and post. Um, There was a couple of good spots out there. Um, After the back and forth on the outside, they made their way back in where moose gained the upper hand for a good portion of the match. Uh, Cage fired back when moose ran towards him at the corner and ate a back elbow. Cage then delivers a clothesline, back elbow, and his own pop-up powerbomb. What Cage thought he had at one, uh, Moose fought, fired back and hit Cage with the go to hell from the top rope for a close fall, which I thought he was going to get the victory. Moose got frustrated, went out to the ring, and grabbed the chair. Cage dodges the chair shot, hits the jumping knee, and the drill claw for the one, two, three. And there you have it, the winner of the match after a great 22 minutes. Brian Cage, uh, my question for you, real simple. What did you think of the match?
1: I thought it was an excellent match. Um, I thought there there were a couple of times where it looked like um, they were kind of hesitant, like the time that, um, that Moose whipped Cage into the ring post. Um, it looked like Cage kind of slowed himself down so that he didn't hit the ring post as hard that kind of thing. Um, but overall, I think it was an excellent match. I think that it was back and forth. Um, it told a great story. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it was, I think it was an excellent way to, to carry the match and to, um, keep that, you know, that part of it going. I think that again, it, it showed that, um, Showed the the excellent in ring work between both wrestlers, so I think it it was overall. I don't I don't have any complaints except for like I said, certain points it looked like um, either they either slowed down or whatever for whatever reason. So uh, other than that, I think it was great. Yeah, it was a good match. Uh,
0: of course, I don't think it hurt um, Moose at all. You know, taking a loss to Cage, uh, Cage obviously is on a rise. Cage could possibly possibly be the new impact world champion. We, we can find out. Um, he's obviously good. get his rematch, but would it be against killer cross? Or would it be against impact? Probably impact. But, uh, because as we know that they announced that next week, that killer cross and impact will be facing one on facing each other one on one for the title. But I mean, going back to the Brian cage match, it was a good match. I get what you were mm-hmm. saying about uh, the power bomb. Um, it, it, it was the soft and the blow. Um, yeah, there were some points where they slowed up. Um, I think they went a little too quick, and I guess they got caught, and, you know, they were a little winded at first. I saw oh, about a quarter of the way in the match. They slowed it down, then they picked up the pace again. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, the overall message is that, the you know, Brian Cage is very upset about what happened. Um, he's upset that he's not getting a rematch right away. And then, of course, being attacked by Moose, he's going to take it out on him. Because uh, early in the night, um, but it, overall, I mean, you're right about the, the two fates They're both good workers, and they both shined. And the fact that you had a winner and loser it didn't even matter because they both still, they, they still shined. No, neither one <laughs> you know took. Uh, they didn't look bad, and Mo- for the fact that Moose you know fought back and controlled a good portion of the match against Brian Cage, only to fall short, but still, it, it was enough to send a message. I mean, yeah. Moose will be champion again. He will be champion. But I think there will be a couple of people along the way, but uh, overall, I was, I was, it was a show stealer, and it, they picked the right match to be that long match. I mean, it, it had to be that one because even though you had the, we're going to be covering a couple other matches just this one, this is the, like you said, it's the main story. They're both attached to the main story. This had to go long for him, so it was perfect, All right? All right, uh, anything else to add? Uh, no, I think that was it. All right, nothing else to follow up? All right, let's get right into the next segment. Tessa Blanchard gets suspended. Hmm. I was shocked by that, but that next segment, Tessa went off about Gail Kim costing her the knockout championship. After being asked the wrong question, she goes off on everyone backstage and attacks him. Kim try, Kim, girl Kim comes into it and tries to break it up, and Blanchard starts attacking her, grabbing a wrench in the process. Kim fights back, but Blanchard tosses her into the chain link fence and chokes her with a cord until she finally broke up with, by management. Of course, she gets an argument with management, and management uh, ends up uh, suspending her, <laughs> telling her to leave. Her not happy about it, but there you have it. A weird segment. I was actually surprised that they went this way. Um, how, how do you feel about them suspending uh, Tessa Blanchard?
1: I'm actually not surprised, um, just simply because I think what it's going to do is to um, build towards, again, like we stated previously, the um, in-ring return of Gail Kim. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm not really surprised with the, the suspension because I think that what's going to happen is that it's going to lead to some co- sort of confrontation um, where Gail agrees to come back and fight Tesla.
0: Yeah, obviously, yeah, it's going to be a match. It's just that it's a unique take. I'm wondering if there's something like about time away, time for another, you know, doing another project or... Is this their, like you said, it's their way to, even though Gail Kim's not a full-timer, they can still build onto the story, and this is just a, a build-a-block to the, their match, the one-and-only match. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, so you're. I was surprised you weren't, again, I mean, I thought they were going to go another way with it, but it, it, this is, I don't, I don't hate the way, the fact that they went this way, I was surprised by it. Um, and of course, we put him a chance to the other question. Um, so overall, with the the whole Tessa thing, I'm looking forward to the match with Gail Kim because I, during the time I tapped out of wrestling, that's where she was huge in Impact. So I would like to see her, even though she's been removed, what at least a couple years now. I'm sure she still has it, and I would like to see a, I would like to see her, and it'd be probably her way of passing the torch on to uh, Tessa Blanchard because her, right. along with Jordan Grace, through the future of not only women wrestling but the knockouts division in Impact Wrestling. All right, uh, do you have anything else to add? Because we can move right along into the next match. Nope, oh, I think that's it. Yeah, that was pretty quick. But again, it had to be covered because that was a major building block to the storyline. Uh, all right, let's go right on to the next scene. Rick Swan in the non title match with Trey McGill from the Rascals. Earlier in the night, they kind of did this uh, that Seven to Show little uh, segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Um, That just shows their character. They're a little wacky. Uh, They did like that skit. I I think it was Trey Miguel that he didn't get prom king. And, of course, uh, they tried to cheer him up saying, hey, you got a chance for Rich uh, Swan." blah, blah, blah. And, of course, that made him happy. Uh, But that's uh, besides the point. Here we are. Trey Miguel in a non-title match with Rich Swan, the new X Division champion. Uh, They started a match uh, with a bunch of wrist locks. And they both used acrobatic maneuvers. They skipped the holds. Uh, after the start, it was like 10 minutes of innovative offense by both competitors, which was expected. But, of course, at the end of the match, Swan hit Miguel with this spinning heel kick and a 450 splash for the set, from the second rep for the win. So real quick, uh, I'll ask you this, and then we'll get into what happened after the match. Uh, what did you think of the match between Rich Swan and Trey hey, Miguel?
1: Mommy, um, for the match to be as short as it was, I think it was an excellent way to showcase both superstars. Um, I think it really allowed both to um, to show their abilities and their acrobatics. Um, And then, you know, it. Of course, you still want, uh, especially with the storyline that's going on, you still want Rich Swan to get the win. Uh, So I think it was overall. It was. I don't have any complaints at all.
0: Um, I'll tell you one thing. I have a complaint. Believe it or not. And that's not what you think it is. My complaint is that I understand what they're trying to do with the GWN. You want to get subscriptions to that network by showing an old school match or something old from that time. They get people to subscribe to it. But you know what? I think this match with Richard, Swan, and Trey McGill could have been even longer. If you would have took that segment out, you probably would have got another good five minutes out of them, too.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And that that's my only thing. My only... Problem, And it's not even under the it wasn't even their match. It was the fact of how they did it um, I wish they would just You know pretty much Took that segment out. So not only that you, you had the LAX match with OVE. That was a short match and we'll get into that next That was my only thing. I didn't like I wish it could have been longer. I think another five minutes would have done even better for that um, but Overall in that 10 minutes, they still put on a hell of a show and I was exactly. thoroughly impressed Rich Swan, my God, he impresses me more and more every time. And Troy McGolden, I'm not taking away from anything from him. He's an incredible talent, too. But Rich Swan, man, every time I watch him, uh, not only on there, but MLW, I mean, he never ceases to amaze me. He, he always does something innovative in every single match he does. Mm-hmm. And I hope he's a champion for a while. That's my take on that. But, yeah, like I said, that was my only right about it, is that I, I wish I would have took out that classic segment and allowed these two matches that we are covering right now in the next one to go even longer um, now of course after the match Sammy Callahan along with OVE came out to the ring they confront Swan in the ring and Callahan once again tosses Swan the OVE shirt he considers uh, uh he asked him to come home again because Swan was considering that further but LAX made their entrance and Swan exited which set up for the final match we'll be covering but before we get into that What are your thoughts of the exchange between, of course, Sam McCallaghan and Richard Swan? Because he keeps saying, come home. What does that mean? Besides the fact that, oh, yeah, he may be from Ohio. But then there's something more to it. Do you have a feeling of what it is? Or I just want your take. What's your take on it?
1: Um, I think that there's some kind of history there between the two um, that they will probably reveal later. Um, and probably when some sometime around the time that uh, Willie Mac comes back, but I think there's going to be something that's re- some kind of relationship that um, from previous that the two had that they're going to reveal, and I think it it could actually be some huge twist. So I think it's gonna it, we just have to wait and see where they're going to go with it. Um, so the as far as the 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 segment i think the segment was great because Mm -hmm. especially with the 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 timing of lax's music hitting it kind of left you at a cliffhanger of what would what would rich wine have done but it's all about also seeing where they're going to actually take the storyline to see how they're going to build it from here on out
0: yeah and yeah, I, I get what you say with the whole. Uh, there's going to be a backstory. Now, is there that possibility that they might turn him to the dark side, where he would become a heel and join OVE? Right remains to be seen. But yeah, that it, I I get that. It, there's something for him to consider. It. It's obviously uh, there is a history. Could it be mm-hmm. something that he he doesn't want to be known? Is it something that it, it doesn't matter? but they do have a history and they just they didn't acknowledge it. Uh, overall, yeah, I would like to see how they go about this. Um, but I'm excited because, you know, obviously you're going to get a one-on-one match, which again, you got someone like Callahan, very different style from obviously, you know, Rich Swan. two different styles. But uh, again, we always say opposites attract and one can compliment each other in one way, in each other's way. Um, I mm-hmm. think you would get a good program, a great match. Um, but, yeah, again, there's a story. That's the thing. At the end of the day, it's a story. And they're telling a great story, right? So, so far, just a little bit that they told, it's still good. It's intriguing. People are intrigued. What are they talking about? Why keep saying to come home? The mystery is there. I like it so far. There's nothing I can say wrong about that. And nothing I can say wrong about the match. So, overall, I mean, they knocked it out of the park as far as the match and as far as, you know, the build... The next build of the uh, Rich Swan Sam Callahan storyline. Um Do you have anything to add before we go on to the main event? Mm, nope. All right, let's go right into it. The main event: LAX versus OVE. Of course, this is a non-title match, but if OVE gets this win, they have a chance they, you know they get a fast track at the tag team titles. Of course, it was a like I said, a relatively short match. For a match like this, I wish it could have been a little bit longer, but. Nonetheless, it was another 10-minute match to end the show, but great offensive maneuvers by both tag teams. Love the suplex into the powerbomb from the Crist. I love that maneuver. That was a good spot. Of course, LAX uses a combo rolling cutter, a running code breaker, a super kick, and the combo tilt-a-roll face slam for the 1-2-3. Real quick, got to ask you, my friend, even though it was a 10-minute match, what did you think of it?
1: Um, I actually thought that it was a, even though it was a shorter match, it was still it was an excellent match, an excellent way to showcase the um to showcase both teams and allow both teams to pull off some some excellent moves, like you stated. Um, you know the 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 spots that you stated, you know, just the overall uh, flow of the match, and it showed you why that match that feud was probably you know one of if not the best feud in impact in 2017.
0: Yeah they did uh, mention that in uh the commentary during the match. Um go on go on what you're saying I'm sorry.
1: Oh no I was just that's why I was just saying if you know um you know this match could have <laughs> easily been uh stole the show um had it not been for the cage and uh moose match. And, mm-hmm. and like you stated, had they not done the whole uh, showing the, the clip, the the length, lengthy clip from the uh, GWN, it mm-hmm. it could have went a little bit longer. And had the match went any longer and allowed them to do any more, I think it would have been the match of the night. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. Like, like I said, that, that was the one thing that killed it for me. But overall, they, they didn't disappoint and, nope. and, of course, LAX gets to win, so OVE, I'm sure there'll be another program, but given but what happened after this match, obviously, OVE, it's going to be a little bit before they get that tag title opportunity, because after the match, LAX was greeted by the Lucha Brothers, that so they congratulated LAX and called them the fa- their family, but as they were walking away, Ortiz disrespects them by yelling out, hey, if you ever want your, another ass whooping, just let us know, baby. And then of course, Conan gets angry and says, "What the hell?" And of course, the show ends. I mean, what? I'm sorry. Right now we had we we were pretty much, you know, spoiled with a great match at Homecoming. I mean, now we're even even more spoiled with a rematch because you know there's going to be a rematch. They just mm-hmm. planted a seed of that rematch. Would this time would they get dethroned? I don't know. But what do you think of that final segment? And going along with that, if it is a Lucha Brothers, who do you feel will be that tag team that would dethrone the tag team champions? Because they are at this point the longest reigning impact tag team champions in history. Who do you think is gonna be the team that do it? But uh first, what'd you think of that little quick final segment?
1: I th- I think that the final segment uh was excellent because it allowed um it, it planted a seed. And so it was a great way to continue that because that it planted that seed of, you know, what could happen um, and where it's going to go. So I think it was – that segment was was actually excellent. It was spot on, um, which it's something that I saw coming from the beginning anyway. Um,
0: yeah, it just seemed like the Lucha Brothers, like, they, there was still a little bit of bitterness because the fact that they thought they could have beat them and they didn't come out with the titles – out of dashboard with the tag team titles. Um, but him Jones in chat, because I want to get your opinion on this. Um, he said on Twitch, it was the right direction, reaction for Conan to have, but it felt kind of cheesy, I guess because the way he said it. Could it have been more authentic and felt more real if he would like curse and they bleeped it? Could it have been something like a long edgy or... Do you feel like they could have, did he, do you feel like it was the right reaction or do you feel they could have, you know, made it more
1: authentic and more real? Um, I think that it, I think honestly that it was the right reaction. I think mm-hmm. the, the abrupt ending to the show and them cutting away right as he, <laughs> right as af, after he said that, um, I think kind of made it kind of made it borderline cheesy. Mm-hmm. Like uh get him Jones said. So I think that had they allowed him to give a little bit more, then I think it would have um it wouldn't have sounded so cheesy. I guess I we'll, think yeah. That,
0: yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No, I was that's all I was saying. I I think that had they allowed him to to express a little bit more um than just that saying that it would have uh it would have allowed more uh, emotion, I think, out of it, mm-hmm. because there's only so much emotion you can put into three words. So I think yeah. that it would have allowed more emotion out of it, and it would have it would would have made it not seem as cheesy. I think. now, I agree with you on that. There's nothing for me to add. I totally agree with you with that.
0: Um, but again, we'll see what they do now, because obviously they played at that seed for the rematch. It's just a matter of time if. Uh, I mean, when they're going to pull the trigger and let people know, Yeah, that's going to be a rematch. Um, mm-hmm. And, dude, oh, we're in for a treat for a rematch. If they do it again, I mean, I enjoyed the first one. I, I know they're going to really rock the pass in Toronto. Uh, and of course, I'd let the <laughs> – well, we'll get into that. But, yeah, uh, pretty much just gave away what we we're going to talk about. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I enjoyed that segment. Um but yeah, I kind of agree with you as far as that ending part. Actually, I, I didn't even think about that. I thought it was a great segment, but that Conan thing, I didn't even think about it. even th- like to cover that. So, you know, Gino Jones, thank you for that comment and a good take on that, uh, Eric. Okay. Uh, but before we go on to the impactful three of the week overall, how would you rate the show? I mean, this is the second show on Twitch uh, and of course Pursuit. Did they uh, follow up well after the first show or do you think they dropped a little bit? So, for one to five,
1: would you rate it? Um, I would rate it probably a four. Okay. Um, because I can't rate it above the show that they did last week. Yeah. Um, but I think that they continued, they didn't drop the ball. Um, I think they just continued at steady on the same course. So, it wasn't any huge improvement. But they didn't do any worse either, so I think uh, I think I gave it a solid four.
0: Okay, um, I'm gonna disagree on this one. We agreed last week. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna disagree, and I'll, uh, I'll get into why. I'm gonna give it a three point five, and it's mainly the one thing I wish they would do. I understand you want people to subscribe, but you know what? maybe you could use that on your Twitch because you got a network, you got a Twitch channel that's on twenty four seven, and since your show's been on on Twitch. Your, your audience has been a lot bigger especially when the show is not on when they're showing the old content I mean I think you should pretty much you know advertise it then because you if you look at this card look at this card from that night all right first one Eddie Edwards he's page okay Jordan Grayson mm-hmm. Alley okay Brian Cage and Moose rich swan Trey Miguel LAX OVE that is a great stack TV show card not even a pay per view. But then you had those two matches at the end that had potential, but because they had that segment to promote the GWN, it took away thing from that. That's the only thing. That was my biggest thing. Everything else, they did a great job. They expanded on the storylines, they did it perfectly. And the greatest thing about Impact Wrestling is their attention to detail. And they show that with their storylines. But the one thing that kills me is that they cut to an old segment. Who gives a shit right now? Because you're reminding people how how it was good, but it had failed horribly. Think about the rise now. Think about the roster you have now and the, the great job that they continue to do week in and week out. I enjoy these shows. Not once do I go, oh, you don't get a groan for me when I watch uh, Impact. You don't get a groan for me in the MLW or... I'll tell you some promotions I get a grown from more than once on a three hour show on Monday and a two hour show on Tuesday. I mean, I just, I didn't, I, that part annoys me because you're taking away from the current product. And that's the thing you, if you want to build, if you want to show to people, look at the talent we have now, this is what you do. Show these matches. Don't cut them down. Allow them a little bit more time to show what they could do. Forget the pass. Leave it for the Twitch channel when you get, that you have on 24-7. That's my only thing. 3.5 other than that. It, if you take that away and this match is one longer, easily could have been a four four five. Sorry about that, man. Rant. rant over.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, I understand, Um, because I mean, think about it, and you know, you do you don't see other promotions doing it. Um, I mean, the WWE, they will, every blue moon, do something like that. Um, But they don't push, they're not pushing it so much. Um, And I mean, I actually have both. I have the WWE app and the GWN app. Um, Okay. So, it's not like, there's no way to, I mean, it's not overly... I mean, it's a good app. So, I mean, let the app speak for itself. You don't have to take. And if you're gonna do something, do something that's a, a like clips of a match. Don't show because I, I I remember watching that match. Don't show half of the match as a segment. Yeah, you know, just show clips of the match, and then you maybe could have moved a, a interview segment up or back or whatever and use that to finish out the segment. So I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah.
0: And actually, yeah, that was the one thing I didn't mention is that. Yeah. They cut half the damn match. So you caught the end. So you didn't get the build up to that match. You just caught the very end. So yeah, actually, that was a good point that you made right there. I did leave that out in, in the middle of my rant. Um, but all right. So we got our opinions. We know how we feel. It was a great show. Some things we didn't like. But let's get into the three things that we do like. And that, of course, is the impactful three of the week. This is our version of the Power Rankings. It's our top three performers of the night. Um, You want to take it this week?
1: You want to first go first this yeah, week? I, go yeah, ahead. that's no problem. Go um, ahead. I would say my, my impactful three are going to be um, Killer Cross. Okay. Because... He continued that momentum of being dominant over uh, Johnny Impact in certain instances. So mm-hmm. I think that that um, even though he wasn't full blown, you know, featured on the show, I think he he continued that with that opening segment. I think that um, okay. LAX was number two for me because even with the shortened, like you say, about ten minute match they show how good they are um, in that amount of time. And I think the last person, the number one for me this week was Tessa Blanchard. Uh, because wow. she, Tessa Blanchard is just money right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Of, she is one of the top women, period, um, in the industry. And she it she just helped build that feud, that upcoming feud with Gail Kemp so much and she continues it with what she does so um that that would be my top three all right not bad list
0: you know what i i was conflicted because i wanted to put tessa in here but i'll give you my three and now my reasons why okay tessa if there was top five easily she would have been on it but this Mm -hmm. is the impactful three i had to choose three and here are mine number three is eli drake of course he did an incredible job to verbally build on the feud with Eddie Edwards. Obviously, he wants to take out Harker Wrestling out of impact. And of course, Eddie Edwards has gone down that path. He talked him down, did an incredible job in commentary, incredible promo to end the segment. That is number three. It spoke volumes right there. Number two, Rich Swan, incredible match with Troy Miguel, continuing to surprise me, never ceases to amaze me. I'm happy that he's the X Division champion. I hope he's an X Division champ for a long period of time because this man is money. He's my number two. And of course, number one, even though to the top two, this says a lot, the top two are from the 10-minute matches, okay? You have Brian Cage, Moose, incredible match, but LAX gets my number one. A great match with OVE, incredible mm-hmm. match, and in that short period of time, they, they stole it me i felt they stole they did another incredible match in course that end segment where they pretty much (laughs) arrogantly challenged the lucha brothers to another match i mean i can't wait i can't wait the moment i heard that i was like here we go we're going a second good match out of these two so that is my impactful three of the week um and before we go along a couple things happened in. News wise, in the world of Impact Wrestling, so let's cover that and we'll, of course, end the show there. Uh, we do thank everyone that tuned in today, too. So, thank you for, uh, and of course, our buddy, get Jones, our biggest supporter uh, of the show. Um, let's go into the first. There are a couple stories came out, of course. The next pay-per-view has been announced, not the date yet, but they have announced the uh pay-per-view. Uh, the next one will be in Toronto, Canada, of course, mm-hmm. that's where they had uh Slammiversary, incredible show there. And it will be lockdown. Lockdown would be the next pay-per-view for Impact Wrestling. And given that, I mean, we got a couple of storylines that would fit that. How do you feel about the lockdown being their next pay-per-view?
1: I think that it's, it's a good thing. I think that um, what I want to see, and especially with building towards that, is... Um, how would they do lethal lockdown? Who would they be able to put in that match? Because that match is mm. quote unquote the match yeah. um, that you want to see at lockdown. So, how would they build towards that? Um, if you're going to build teams, you know, teams of four or five um, to do that, even if teams of three, who would you put in lethal lockdown? So that's the one thing that I want to know, want to see is them develop something toward to that. Effect. If they're going to do lethal lockdown, how are they going to do it? Mm, I'm wondering if it would be like an OVE, which Swan where
0: they it, like, there'd be a feud, but it won't be for the X division title. And then you said yeah. really Mac will come back and then they will obviously will get a third person in the mix for it. They'll throw, I'm sure they got to throw someone in there. That could be one possibility. Um, I don't know. I again, uh, hopefully, then we'll go the WWE route, like him <laughs> June says, and the world title picture, and you won't have a world title mm-hmm. match. I just hope that's not it. I think that match would be best suited, even if it's only the X division. But I, I will be okay with no X division match when you got Ove and then Rich Swan and Willie Mac. I mean, I think they would be able to put on a good show. Um, right. But my thing, I'll be a more excited for is the uh, obviously it will be the conclusion of Eddie Edwards and Eli Drake uh, his way of ending mm-hmm. hardcore wrestling in no better way than a steel cage match so
1: um, exactly.
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that of course I guess we'll find out in the near future when this pay-per-view is going to take place I'm pretty sure it would be sometime in the spring because then you'll have anniversary in what July and mm-hmm. so yeah I'm sure we'll be seeing that in the next few months Uh, All they did was announce what pay-per-view it's going to be and where it's going to be located. We'll get the win pretty soon. Now, here's the other thing we wanted to cover, and this will be the final thing we talked about for today. And that, of course, is the injury of Matt Seidel. It came out. It was reported last week that Matt Seidel was injured recently. Uh, He has torn cartilage in his knee and would require surgery. And, of course, he will be out for a few months in result of that. Um, My question for you, because obviously – do you feel this, how much of an impact will this have on uh, Impact Wrestling and also for the X Division?
1: Well, I think it's going to have an impact because of the fact that, uh, simply because of the fact that he was the so-called spiritual advisor for Ethan Page. Yeah. So there's going to be a, a some kind of impact um, to see where it goes. Um, it's kind of hard to say because it, it could be a storyline later on down the line of when he returns there could be something with between him and Ethan Page or he could return and try to go for the X Division title we just don't know so it's gonna kind of depend on it's gonna really depend on what happens on his return to me
0: and that yeah you took the words of the next question at which is good it's fine because um, i was wondering how it would affect ethan page but you know what i think in a way this would be good for him because when you when you're paired up with someone like that i like that spirit the spiritual advisor i liked what they were doing with it
1: mm-hmm. i
0: think in a way it could halt like his nat- his natural progression what he's able to do to sell himself to get himself over or get himself heat um i think this little bit of time would actually be good for him so we'll see what Ethan Page can do once, you know, now that Seidel is, you know, on the shelf and mm-hmm. he's out of action for a few months. Um, but, yeah, how they bring him back, I'm pretty sure. Him, I don't think if he will be thrusted into an X Division title, I think they will go against one another. Because when he comes back, he's going to try to assume the role as their spiritual advisor. Hey, you've been gone for here a few months, and a lot has happened since then. And, of course, the ego, because, of course, that's his character, too. Um, All right, so yeah, I can see a good program between them two when he does return, but yeah, I think it will be a huge blow because, again, impact wrestling has a good depth, but one person it could hurt, and um, and especially you know, when you got a new promotion that's trying to buy up a lot of talent as well, um, <laughs> it, it could hurt when you lose one guy, um, mm-hmm. but um, overall, yeah, uh, I mean, I, we wish uh, Matt Sidell the speedy recovery. Um, and can't wait to see him in action because he is a great talent. Even at his age, he's up there, but you know what? He's still performing at an excellent level. Uh mm-hmm. and it's good to see. All right. Um now we're into the conclusion of the show. Um again, we would like to thank everyone that if you're not catching us live, thank you for catching us on the uh on the podcast. Uh we're live you can catch us of course we'll have it ready for tonight. We're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, SoundCloud, and our first official sponsor, Anchor FM. And uh, we'll be, of course, doing a read for that next week. Uh, And, of course, if you listen to us on the podcast, if you want to catch us live and discuss everything in the world of Impact Wrestling, you can catch us on Periscope, Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer under the Go Home Wrestling Show. And then when we're not live, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Wrestling underscore Go. He's at The gr81999 the great one (laughs) let me say that again the great the gr81999 so follow us on twitter and chat with us and we also chat about other things also for the people that are in here thank you for tuning in again and you can catch us live on friday for the next installment of the go home wrestling show where we're going to be covering uh the upcoming pay-per-view, the upcoming takeover. Um, and then, of course, we'll cover Raw and SmackDown. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Getham Jones, for putting that in chat. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't followed on Twitch or any platform you're watching us, make sure to give us a follow. And we'll see you next time on the Impactful Podcast. Later, everybody.
1: Peace.